Salvete omnes, welcome to the AP Latin Podcast. The goal of this podcast will be to cover the lines from Caesar's De Bello Gallico and Virgil's Aeneid that are found on the AP Latin curriculum. Each two-part episode will cover a selection of lines from Caesar and Virgil. I will present the Latin and English of the text, providing relevant clarification, background, and cultural information that will help put the readings in their proper context. I encourage you to read along with me as you listen to the Latin and to use the English as a way to check your understanding rather than relying on the English for understanding. Each episode will conclude with some essential questions to consider as you process through the meaning of the text. Parati, eamos. AP Latin Podcast, Episode 12b, Aeneid Book 2, Lines 201-233. In this episode, you will see Virgil use all the literary devices, and you will learn that the way to win any argument is with murderous snakes. Laocoan doctus Neptuno sorte sacerdos solemnes tauren gentem mactabat adaras. Ec autem geminatenido tranquilla per alta, horresco referens, emensis orbibus angues, incumbunt pelago pariter quad litor attendunt. Pectora quorin ter fluctus a recta ubaeque sanguineae superant undas, pars ketera pontum, pone legit sinuat quemensa volumine terga. Bit sonitus spumante salo yam quarva tenebant, ardentes quaculos suffecti sanguinet igni, sibila lambebant linguis vibrantibus ora. Difugimus visex sanguines elagmine certo lao coonta petunt, et primum parva duorum, corpora natorum serpens amplexa uterque implicat, et miseros morsu de pascitur artus. Post ips auxilio sobiuntac tela ferentum, corripiunt spiris queligant ingentibus et iam, bis medium amplexi, bis colos quamia circum, erga dati superant capitet cervicibus altis. Ile simul manibus tendit divelera nodos perfusus sanie vitas atroque veneno, clamores simul horrendos ad sidera talit. Qualis mugitus fugit cum saucius aram, taurus, et in care texcusit cervice securem, at gemini lapsu de lubrad summa dracones e fugiunt sae vae que petunt tritonidis arcem, sub pedibusque dei clipei que sub orbe teguntur. Cum vero tremifacta novus per pectora cunctis insinuat pavor. Et scelus expendisse merentem laocoonta ferunt sacrum qui cuspide robor lyserit et tergo sceleratin torserit hastam. Ducendad sede simulacro randa quedivae numina conclamant. Laocoon, priest of Neptune chosen by lot, was sacrificing a huge bull at the solemn altars. But look, from Tenedos, twin snakes with immense coils through the tranquil deep. I shudder recalling. Lean on the sea and together head for the shores, the chests of which raised up among the tide and blood-red crests conquer the waves. The remaining part skims the sea behind and bends huge backs in an immense fold. A sound is made with the foaming salt. And now they took hold of the fields and having suffused their blazing eyes with blood and fire, they licked their hissing mouths with vibrating tongues. We fled pale at the sight. They seek Laocoon in a fixed line, and first each serpent, having embraced the small bodies of his two sons, entwines and devours their miserable limbs with its bite. 
Afterwards, they seize Laocoon himself while coming for aid and bearing weapons and bind him with huge coils. And now, having twice wrapped his middle, twice having surrounded their scaly backs around his throat, they tower over him with their heads and lofty necks. At the same time, he strives to tear apart the knots with his hands, his headbands soaked with blood and black venom. At the same time, he raises horrible shouts to the stars. Like the bellowing when a wounded bull flees the altar and has shaken from its neck the ill-aimed axe. But by gliding, the twin dragons escape to the highest shrines and seek the citadel of cruel Tritonia. Under the feet of the goddess and under the circle of her shield, they are hidden. Then truly a new fear creeps through the terrified hearts of all, and they say that Laocoon has paid deserving for his crime, who wounded the sacred oak with a lance and hurled the wicked spear into the back. They shout together that the image must be led to the seats and the divine power of the goddess must be prayed to. This selection presents an extremely vivid description of the death of Laocoon, the figure who led the argument against bringing the horse into the city in the last episode. We have jumped ahead in the text past the episode with Sinon and his made-up story meant to sway the emotions of the Trojans, and we pick back up with sacrifices and snakes. The depiction of the snakes, of the attack on Laocoon and his young sons, and Laocoon's death scene is one of the most well-known passages from the Aeneid, and Virgil cranks his poetics all the way up to eleven in his construction of these lines. To give you just a taste of what there is to be found inside of this beautifully constructed yet graphically violent scene, there is Hyperbaton with Gemini and Anguis appearing at the end of the next line to build suspense. Twin what, you ask yourself as you read the continuing description. There is syncasis and enjambment with parwa duorum corpora natorum entwining the small bodies in the same way they are entwined by the snakes. There is alliteration with sonitus spumante salo mimicking the sound of the waves and the hissing of the snakes and with lambebant linguis making you flick your tongue like a snake to say the words. There is timesis with circum tergadati making the word for surround surround a word. There is anaphora with simul emphasizing the immediacy of Laocoon's actions. There is onomatopoeia with mugitus and possibly vibrantibus, mimicking the sound of the bull's bellowing and the vibrating tongues of the snakes. And to top it all off, there is an ironic inversion of position. At the beginning of the lines, Laocoon is sacrificing a huge bull, and by the end, the imagery is inverted as he has become the sacrificial bull through the comparison made in the simile. After the snakes kill Laocoon and his sons, they hide in Minerva's temple under the feet and shield of her statue. Cretonidus, like Saturnia earlier in Book 1, is an epithet for a goddess, this one referring to Minerva. Tritonida could be in reference to several potential things. Some say the name comes from Lake Tritonis in Libya, near where the goddess was said to have been born. Some say it comes from the stream Triton in Boeotia, where she was worshipped. Others say the name originates from the Greek word trito, meaning head, since according to some mythology traditions, she sprang fully grown from the head of Zeus. The Trojans interpret the scene as a divine punishment against Laocoon for damaging the horse with his spear in the last episode. But this scene could also be an omen, as the twin snakes could represent the two brothers Agamemnon and Menelaus, coming from Tenedos, where the Greek fleet has been hiding, to destroy the Trojans, represented by Laocoon, the priest making the sacrifices on behalf of the Trojan people. Because of Laocoon's horrific death, the Trojans' minds are now made up. They decide they have to bring the horse into the city to appease the goddess, which will happen in our next episode. As we close out the episode, here are some essential questions to consider. 
Virgil devotes a lot of time to describing in detail the approach of the snakes, their appearance, and the attack on Laocoon and his sons. Should we read this passage as a type of ekphrasis? What is the effect of the multiple poetic literary devices contained in this passage? How does Virgil construct the snake's attack so that the description appeals to multiple senses? After killing Laocoon, the snakes depart swiftly and smoothly. Why does Virgil focus on the nature of their departure to end the scene? Gratias ago pro auscultando, valete.